Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Thanks for joining us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. I'm Walter Storholt, happy to be joined by your local wealth coach, Dan Capril. Dan is the president of Matson and Capril. He's a certified financial planner. You can call with your questions. You can call to get in touch with Dan to talk about your financial future by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's the number to remember throughout the show in case the moment strikes you when you say, you know, I need to get this question answered or I'm wondering about this. Dan's the person to call 844-QUIZ-DAN. Or you can go online to find out about the team by going to quizdan.com. Also, when you go to quizdan.com, you can submit questions there. You can find out all sorts of great information, get educated, some videos, really good resources for you to find out about there. That's quizdan.com. Dan is the author of Retirement Survival. More about that book a little later on in the show. But without further ado, let's bring him in. Dan, hope you're doing great this week. Oh, man, Walter, I am fantastic. We've got some questions from listeners who are here in the area. Thought this would be a great way to start out this week, address some specific Absolutely. concerns from folks. And we've got one from Chris and Vandalia. By the way, send your questions in again, quizdan.com. This one's from Chris. He says, I feel good about the amount that we have in savings relative to the income that we'll actually need in retirement. I assume Chris is talking about he and his spouse. However, I'm worried about nursing home costs and don't really have a good feel for how to plan for that. What's your normal approach? Great question, Chris, and I applaud you for thinking about that because this is one of those areas where people, they don't want to think about it. I mean, it's not a pleasant subject. In fact, I would argue it's less pleasant than dying because this idea that you're going to be withering away in a nursing home is very depressing. But one of the things that we have to accept is that we are living much longer than past generations. Mm. And even though we live longer, our bodies, they're still mortal. They still wear down. Um, we have been able to overcome illnesses that in the past would have been fatal. And because of that, we eventually get to a stage where, look, the body still is going to go. And if we're not aware of the fact that things like Medicare will only pay for so much, well, then what we're going to do is we're going to put our own nest egg at risk. Paying sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year is not unusual for what I call custodial care. And it's the type of care that you normally would never want anybody to assist you with. So whether that be bathing, um, eating, going to the restroom, these are the types of things that sadly some people get to a point in their life where they need assistance with that. And Medicare isn't going to pay for that. You have to pay for that. And it's only when you have no money left in most cases does Medicaid step, step in. And we need to be sure we don't confuse Medicare with Medicaid. So a lot of the times people will look at their nest egg and they'll say, you know what? I think we can afford to self-insure this exposure. And if you can, that's great. But where I see people make the mistakes, Chris, time and time again, is they forget about inflation. 
So let's say right now it's $70,000 to pay for this type of care for yourself. God forbid you needed to go into a nursing home or you brought a care provider in. Let's just say it's $70,000 a year, which is pretty close to what it would run you. Now, one of the things to remember is that nursing home care grows at a much higher rate of inflation than normal inflation. Six, seven percent is not unusual. So if we had 7% inflation on nursing home care, that means in 10 years, the price is going to double. Mm. So now instead of it being sixty dollars or $70,000 a year, it's now one twenty dollars or $140,000 a year. Well, if you don't need the care for another, another 10 years after that or 20 years from now, it's going to double again. And your net worth, if you're lucky during retirement, will probably stay level because you're taking distributions. So this exposure becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And people are too often putting their heads in the sand. If you can afford a self-insured, great. I always make the the point that Rose Kennedy didn't need long-term care insurance. But a lot of people do, and they're being somewhat delusional into thinking that it's just not going to happen to them. The statistics are staggering. You get up to be age 65, there's almost a 70% chance that you're going to need some type of custodial care in your lifetime. Now, if it's just you, you know, you don't have a spouse and you figure, look, I'll spend my money when it's all over, I'll go on Medicaid, fine. But if you're married, you've got a spouse who's also dependent on that nest egg, you're going to run your, your, you're going to put your spouse in a very vulnerable situation. So the way that I recommend people, we look at this is first, we get a feel for what's the size of your nest egg? How much are you going to need to live on assuming you don't get sick? But if you do, what strategy is in place? And most of the time, I do recommend we, we transfer that risk by buying some type of insurance. Um, if not to pick up all the exposure, at least pick up some of it. Long-term care insurance is important, and this is going to become a bigger and bigger issue going forward. So you're asking the right kinds of questions here, Chris, with that being a concern within your plan. And really, it needs to be a concern in a lot more people's plans. Uh, Very, very good question, Chris. And thank you for writing into the program. Again, quizdan.com is where you can go to submit questions, watch videos, find out about the team at Matson and Capril here in the Miami Valley, or call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. Another question comes to us from Janet in Troy. She says, do you ever use last-to-die life insurance? I can't decide if it's a good strategy for our estate plan or not. Well, first of all, what is last-to-die life insurance, Dan? Yeah, Janet, I got to hand it to you. That's a great question. <laughs> Most people have no idea what that Someone's means. Someone's been so you, Googling. <laughs> she's been doing her reading. I, I, I applaud you. Last-to-die or, or survivorship insurance, as I, I, I tend to call it, is a policy that's written on two lives instead of one. And the reason for that is because most taxes associated with death, they occur when both the husband and wife pass away. Uh, If you're married, there's virtually no estate tax or even very little income tax associated with the first person's death. It's when the second person dies that the government gets their hands on your money. Now, that could come in the form of federal estate taxes. It could come in the form of income taxes on things like 401ks and IRAs. So what some people will do is they will buy this type of life insurance, and it'll pay a tax-free benefit to offset the other taxes that are owed when that person dies. Now, it wasn't that long ago when every single estate worth over $600,000 had a federal estate tax problem. Now, thankfully, they've changed the law on that. Most estates now, unless they are in excess of $5.5 million, they're not going to have this problem. 
But a lot of people, almost everyone I know, has some type of tax-sheltered retirement plan. And those plans will get taxed. And a lot of times when they're left to your children, they don't always employ the best strategies to minimize that tax. So what some of our clients will do is they will set up a trust and they will gift money to that trust. And that trust will go out and buy this survivorship or second-to-die policy so that when they die, when when both spouses have died, the children or whoever they want is going to now receive a windfall from a life insurance benefit that will not be subjected to federal estate taxation. So very often when you hear about people being able to avoid taxes, it isn't that they found a loophole. It's that they actually took the time to see what strategies were available to them. And I applaud you for this one, Janet, because most people ignore this. They figure, oh, I'll be dead. And I've had situations where I've actually had the children come to me and they'll say, can you put this type of a strategy in place? I'll pay the premiums. I just don't want to inherit a ton of taxation. I would rather pay a little bit of money each year by comparison to an insurance company than maybe paying 45% of my net worth to the IRS. Hmm. Really good question from Janet doing her homework. And uh, so you get oh, a really yeah. good answer from Dan when you when you do your homework and write in here. But d- don't worry. Don't let that uh, dissuade you. You don't have to have done a ton of homework before you ask your question. If you're curious, curious, just go to quizdan.com to submit a question like Janet and Chris have done this week or call 844-QUIZ-DAN to get in touch directly. We've got one more that I want to make sure we squeeze in here, Dan. It comes to us from Charles in Centerville. And he says, I've always believed that I should start taking my Social Security as soon as I'm eligible. But as Bill O'Reilly says, tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, Charles, there's over 80 different ways you can take your Social Security. Uh, For some people, maybe taking as soon as they are eligible, say age, age 62, makes sense. But you need to understand something. If you're still working, there's a great chance that if you take it at age 62, you're going to see a dramatic reduction in those benefits. In other words, you may not actually be able to get a benefit if you're still working. Um, If you take it later in life, you're going to get a larger benefit. Every year you wait, it's going to grow by 8% until you reach age 70. So there's a lot of different ways that you can take it. It really does come down, and I know I say this a lot, but it really does come down to your specific situation and your plan. On the one hand, waiting makes sense because you're going to get a higher benefit. On the other hand, waiting may not make sense because it's going to force you to spend your savings sooner. So we really need to first get an understanding about what is your ultimate plan. When are you looking to retire? When are you looking to to stop working altogether? And then looking at your other sources of retirement income, then we'll decide. But if you were to, to take a look at a benefit increase that starts at age 62 and you postpone that to age 70, You're not going to quite double it, but you're going to dramatically increase that benefit that's going to give you more income later on. Now, Granted, you don't know how long you're going to live, so that has to be weighed out. But there's so many issues as it regards to taxes, the effect that it's going to be on your other savings, etc. And uh, this is why good planning is important. And and a good plan is going to look at a number of different retirement um, options for you and a number of different filing strategies for you. In fact, all these great questions were like that. Long-term care, should I use life insurance? When do I take my Social Security benefits? All of these are great reasons to have an overall, a very comprehensive strategy, something that is unbiased, uh, that's objective, and that gives you a lot of options to look at that are not based on the sale of a product. And that's what we do for our clients. You know, so I encourage you, take all this information, these questions, let's take it to the next level. 
let's apply this knowledge to you specifically. If you give us a call, I'll be happy to sit down with you. I'll get a clear understanding about what your situation is, and then we'll develop a strategy that's not going to be a sales proposal. It's not going to be a product. It's going to be an actual plan that you're going to later decide how you want to go ahead and implement. Again, as I said before, it needs to be unbiased, it needs to be objective, and it has to be done with your best interests at stake. And too often, I don't see that being the case. Before you put together a plan, you need a review, and that's what Dan will do for you when you call in. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number to call. That's 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. Right here in the Miami Valley, Dan is your local wealth coach, the advisor to help you get to and all the way through retirement. He's a certified financial planner, and he'll put together for you a complimentary review of your current situation, a complimentary first meeting. Come in, have a chat about your particular situation. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number to call. And when you come in, you're also going to get a copy of Dan's book, Retirement Survival, and he'll accompany that with the Retirement Survival Checklist that you can take home and continue to learn more about planning for retirement and some of the things that impact you. So that's 844-QUIZ-DAN, the number to call. 844-QUIZ-DAN. The number version is 844-784-9326. Stay tuned. There is more coming up on today's show. You're listening to Solving the Financial puzzle. It's okay to admit it. Sometimes you need a little help solving the crossword puzzle in the paper, like 44 across. Something is rotten in Denmark. If you've never heard that phrase or read Hamlet, you'd be lost. So you might ask the person next to you in the waiting room, another passenger in the car, or even turn to Google. Eventually, you'd learn that it's another way of saying something smells fishy, or as the actual answer puts it, I smell a rat. We all need a little help solving puzzles from time to time, and it's no different in the financial world. That's why certified financial planner Dan Capril is here to help you solve the financial puzzle in your life. Turn to him and ask the questions that bog you down. Tell him about how you're struggling to go from point A to point B in your planning process, and he'll help you figure it all out. Just call 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN to get started today. Don't be afraid to ask for help solving the financial puzzle. 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326 or 844-QUIZ-DAN. Time for a little puzzle history. We've all heard of and probably have tried to solve the Rubik's Cube. It's a 3D puzzle invented in 1974. Did you know it was originally called the Magic Cube? Millions of these cubes have been sold across the world over the years and are so popular they've even sparked competitions to see who can solve them the fastest. At last check, the fastest to ever solve the Rubik's Cube was Colin Burns with a time of 5.25 seconds. The rest of us probably have a long way to go. Let's get back to solving the financial puzzle with Dan Capril. Marching along here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, putting those different pieces in your financial life together to formulate a plan for success in retirement and beyond. The number to call with your questions to meet with Dan Capril and to talk about your situation, 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. And you can go online to quizdan.com for great information as well. Dan Capril, your local wealth coach here on the show. He's a certified financial planner and the president of Matson & Capril. 
Dan Voltaire said, common sense is not so common. Samuel Taylor Coleridge said, common sense in an uncommon degree is what the world calls wisdom. So, too, uh, I know you're a, you're a avid reader, so those probably yeah, speak to your nature. You've been nature. reading Voltaire much lately? Yeah, Voltaire? yeah, you know, yeah, thumbing through on the weekends, are. you know. Um, yeah, taking a break from my... Heel, you are quite <laughs> deep. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> taking a break from my science fiction to, uh, you know, read, read a little Voltaire. Um, I want to talk about some obvious common sense statements that, for yeah. some reason, aren't so commonly put into practice. That's right. the precursor for those quotes here, sure. uh, in specific in the financial world. And so one of the things that's common sense, I mean, I don't think you would find anybody who disagrees with the strategy, is to buy low and sell high. I mean, why wouldn't you agree with that? <laughs> Yet so exactly. many in the fina- people in the financial world don't do this, Dan. Let me give you an analogy that, that will really speak to this. Okay. Um, have you ever been on a diet, Walter? You don't look like you, you, you've ever been on a diet, but you, when you get to be my age, you're going to have to go on a diet at some point, right? <laughs> Watch how you phrase that. You don't look like you've ever been on a diet doesn't necessarily mean you look skinny. You look like you don't need to go on a diet. How's that? Yeah, that's right. That was pretty bad. I might apologize. <laughs> well, dieting, losing weight, I should say, is go. very easy to do in theory. You, you move around more. And you eat less. Very yeah. easy. Yeah. But it's very hard to do so much so that this is a multi-billion dollar industry dieting. And the simple reason for that is because in our brain is something called the survival mechanism. And it was a very useful tool that God gave us back in the days when we lived in caves. Because the survival mechanism says, at all expense, avoid pain. Seek pleasure, but first and foremost, avoid pain. So stay warm. Keep your belly full. Stay away from predators. But in a civilized world where, say, we know that if we eat whatever we want and we don't move around, well, caveman didn't worry about living past age 40, but most of us do. In fact, most of us want to live past age 80. So what happens is that the things that we find to be uncomfortable, we naturally steer away from them, and exercise for most people is uncomfortable. In fact, I'll tell you that from someone who exercises a lot, it took me a whole year before I actually found it to be something that I found to be enjoyable, even though Mm. he kept telling me it was good for me. Okay, so the same is true with investing. We all know logically we need to buy when prices are low and we want to sell when they are high. But when you go through a week or a couple of weeks like we've been having this year, a year like this year, where there's a lot of ups and downs, people start to become very uncomfortable. I mean, looking at your statements and seeing negative rates of returns is painful. Even though logically you tell yourself, you know what, it'll come back, Seeing that is pain that your brain wants you to just get away from. Move away from that. Make a change. And we even try to convince ourselves that if we don't do something, it's going to go down to the floor. Even though we may have this incredibly diversified portfolio with over 10,000 stocks traded all over the world, we somehow convince ourselves that this thing is going to go to the bottom. And if we don't get out now, we're going to get hurt even more. So too often what investors do is they do. They get out, they take their loss, and then when do they get back in? After the market's recovered. So they did the complete opposite of what they knew logically that they should do. And the simple reasons for that is because they never had a strategy developed in advance. You know, if you think about a large, um, take the Sears, well, it's no longer the Sears Tower, but I always, I used to work right by there in Chicago. And whenever they, there was any type of an emergency, they had a very scripted plan on what they were going to do in the mm. case of a fire or anything that might happen. So that when it occurred, the, the tenants in there, they all knew. They all knew where to go, who to see, et cetera. A lot of things that we learned after that, that awful uh, disaster in, in uh, 9-11. 
And too often with investors, they don't develop that strategy. They don't develop that strategy that says, when the market goes down 15 20%, or my portfolio goes down, here's what I'm going to do in advance. They don't have that. And so when they don't have that, emotion takes over, and we try to convince ourselves that this is the logical thing. I don't have a crystal ball with the future. I just know this. We've always had bad news, and yet the life we lead today, it's far better than that of past generations. Markets go down. Markets tend to go up. We have to have a plan that reminds us of that so that our own humanness doesn't take over and lead to bad mistakes. It's a great point. A lot of people don't have a great plan A, which everybody's plan A is, hey, let's uh, let's make, you know, let's have the stock market go up forever and we'll be in great shape. Very few people then have a plan B or C in place. And that's kind of the, uh, the strategy that you need to have. You need to take into account all the different moving parts and factors, not just a best case scenario. Exactly. And you also need to know that these bad times are going to happen. I don't know when they're going to happen, but they're going to happen. So if we have strategized that in advance, well, when the moment comes, okay, we know what to do. And again, logically, we should actually welcome declines because decline in, in market values actually led us to do what? Go out and buy things that are low. But too often, that's not the way our brain wants to work it. And we're talking about the uncommon sense in the financial world, the things that we should all do, but for some reason don't. Uh, one was buy low and sell high. Here's another one, Dan. Don't pay more in taxes than you have to, yet people often do. Yeah, and they do it for two reasons. Number one, they're scared. I've seen that. I've, I've seen small business owners say to me, yeah, I know I can take the home office deduction, or yes, I, I, I do know that I can rent my own house out 14 days tax-free, but I don't want to do it because I don't want the IRS to come get me. And that's very sad. In fact, I, I often wonder if that's exactly what the IRS wants them to do, is to create this sense of intimidation so that people won't do the things that they are legally allowed to do. But the biggest reason that, the reason that people ultimately pay far more in tax than they should, and you know, I, I'm not supposed to talk in absolutes, but just about everybody I've ever met and done, and done work for has overpaid their taxes at some point. It's just because they don't know. You know, They know to bring your stuff to see your account and your CPA in February, and he's going to tell you exactly what you owed. But no one is going to take the time with you before the year began and say, okay, here are five things you can do that are going to lower your, lower your taxes by $4,000 or you know whatever. And that is the disconnect. That is what's missing for a lot of people. Um, there's a real difference between filing and planning, and people are tending to get the two of them confused. So fear is a part of it, and we shouldn't be fearful. If we've got a good strategy, when the, if the service wants more information, we'll provide it to them. But secondly, knowledge. No reason for that. If, um, if you're not getting the expertise that you need, you need to go get them. And uh, um, a big part of good planning is to sit down and have a strategy that attacks taxes first. Because if we can lower our tax, we're going to increase our net worth without exposing ourselves to any additional risk. So it's very important that it begin there. And we don't allow things like fear or ignorance to stand in the way. Again, Dan Capril, our guest here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Each and every week, he joins us to help lead us to and all the way through retirement with his uh, guidance and wisdom. Now, this may be where some of the conflict comes in, Dan, because our first uh, uncommon sense 
item to cover was that you need to buy low and sell high. And for some people, right. some reason people don't do that. But then mm-hmm. at the same time, we say market timing is virtually impossible. And right. people you know, would agree that that is true. Yet we still all strive to buy low and sell high. But you know, <laughs> we start getting into that gray area of actually timing the market. So interesting, again, to, to see all these different factors at work. And then again, it speaks to our humanness. I was in a presentation a few years ago by a very well-renowned scholar who has written a best-selling book on the fallacy of market timing, and even he couldn't help himself from doing it. He admitted it. It was just, you know, it was almost like the gambler's fallacy that, that starts to set in. Here's the thing to remember when it comes to market timing. Markets react to news. News is unpredictable. So if news is unpredictable, aren't markets unpredictable? seem like common sense. And yet, because again, we don't like pain and we do like pleasure, this idea that I'm going to buy, hold, and rebalance, eh, it sounds good in theory, but actually living through it is something that, well, it doesn't get a lot of people too excited. Good investing is boring, but good investing works. And for people that are constantly looking for the next big thing, it's no different than lottery winners. There are people who win lotteries. But I wouldn't recommend that as a strategy to anybody. Now, I could never convince a former lottery winner that they shouldn't play the lottery. But most people will never win a lottery um, in their life. If they're lucky, they maybe get 5 bucks, 10 bucks, that type of a thing. It's kind of this get-rich mentality. But to be a skillful market timer, you must have information that nobody else has. And if you, unless you have that information... Well, then you're just speculating, and we shouldn't be speculating with our money. It's, it's the same thing as it becomes with taxes. You know, we shouldn't be paying more for our taxes than we should. We shouldn't let emotion get in the way. In fact, we should have a plan that addresses the emotion. And that's why I feel so strongly about this. You know, I want people to come see us. Do yourself a huge favor. Right now, pull over the car, next 15 minutes, make your appointment. Call the number. And not only will I sit down with you and review what you're doing, and I'll determine if you're being affected by these things, but I'm also going to give you a copy of my new book, Retirement Survival. And if you don't like to read, I'm going to break it down to my checklist. These are 20 things that I look at in a person's strategy to make sure they're doing it the right way. And you're going to be able to take that home with you and decide for yourself if you're heading in the right direction. The number to call is 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. 844-784-9326. Dan is your local wealth coach, certified financial planner, and president of Matson and Capril. 844-QUIZ-DAN is that number to call. 844-784-9326. 844-QUIZ-DAN is your number to call. Complimentary review of your financial situation. You can come in in the near future, but call to get your spot on the calendar now and you also get a copy when you come in of that book retirement survival written by dan and the retirement survival checklist 844 quiz dan is the number to call 844-784-9326 stay tuned there is more coming up on today's show you're listening to solving the financial puzzle Thanks for being here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. In case you're just joining us, the number to call to reach Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN. You can also go to quizdan.com for great information. Dan's the author of Retirement Survival. He's a certified 
financial planner, your wealth coach here in the area. And this is one of our favorite times of the week. It's time for Tales from the Tax Side. And uh, this is when Dan tells us a good story and about taxes and how they can influence your life as well as the life of maybe people in the news. And well, what's this week's story, Dan? You're going to love this story because okay. this one is all about the most famous person to ever graduate. Well, after you, of course, from the University of North Carolina. <laughs> And, of course, we're talking about Michael Jeffrey Jordan. All right. without question the most successful former athlete that there's ever been. Um, so successful that to do an endorsement deal with Michael Jordan, his minimum is $10 million. Wow. Um, he's been estimated now to be worth about $1.1 billion. That's a billion with a B. Oh and he didn't, he didn't make that all from the bulls, believe me. Um, you know, so he's a very savvy businessman. Um, he's, uh, he owns an NBA team. He must be very close to becoming a uh, a sponsor for Matson and Capril with that ten million. Well, you know, uh, you know, we we've been we've been in talks, but uh, you know, he didn't he didn't go to a Big Ten school, so I'm less likely yeah, to ne- take negotiations him, but, uh, are ongoing. Okay, yeah, had he gone to Iowa, maybe we would have taken him on. But um, in any event, back in 2009. Uh, there was a grocery store chain in the Chicago area called Dominic's. Now, they've been acquired by Safeway, so they no longer exist. But Michael was inducted into the NBA, or the, the actually, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame in 2009. And to congratulate him, they ran a full-page ad that said, congratulations, Michael, you're a cut above the rest. And then they included in that some coupons that people could get for um, discounts on, uh, from the cold cut section. That turned out to be a very expensive congratulatory statement because what happened was, first of all, only two people took Safeway up on that. Oh, but two Jordan people. filed suit. Only two people took advantage of those coupons. <laughs> so, so, that, so, that's, so that's one problem, right? right. Here's, but here's the biggest problem is Jordan sued them for $10 million. Now, they came back. Safeway has since bought Dominic's, and they said, well, look, you know, it only ran once. We'll pay you $126,000. Well, you know, Jordan, he does. He has more money than Safeway has when it comes to defending his brand. So he said no. Now, he very wisely announced early on that um, any money that he got from this settlement, he was going to donate to charity. Because if he didn't, he would have paid income taxes on it. Hmm. The settlement just came through. $8.9 $8.9 million he won. Wow. And so now $8.9 million is going directly to charity. Now, what does this have to do with taxes? Well, I think we all know that if you give money to charity, it's probably tax deductible. Although for most of us, if we were to literally give away $8.9 million in one year, we couldn't deduct it all in one year because there's a limit of 50%. Uh, it's found to be 50% of your earnings. But since Jordan makes so much money every year, over $100 million a year, Eight point nine is is really a drop in the bucket, but the thing that that really stuck with me is here's an example where someone makes money in a way that is not typical to them. When he signs a deal with Haynes or any of the other sponsors out there, he's well aware that they're going to pay him. He's notified his accountants that the money's going to be coming in, and they make sure that the proper tax gets paid. But something like this, sometimes people don't realize, in this case, would be taxable. Now, I see this all the time with people when they're executing options or they're selling some stock that they've had for many, many years and has a low cost basis to it, and they become fully unaware that there's going to be taxes owed on it until, of course, their accountant calls them April 15th with the bad news. And that's obviously a big mistake. That's another example where we always talk about on this show the difference between tax planning and tax filing. Too often, all people do is tax filing. Nobody sits down before they do these things and says to them, 
look, if you do this, here's what you're going to give up. Here's what you're going to give to Uncle Sam. Now, clearly, Jordan knew this going in. That's why he announced, just as the suit was, was taking um, foot, that any proceeds he got were going to go to charity. It was also a great PR move on his part. Otherwise, he'd be looking overly greedy. But he used it as a way to give money to children. But he also knew going in, you know, if you win this, you're going to get money that, in his case, frankly, he doesn't need. But secondly, he would have only kept half. Now, the full $8.9 million goes to charity. Well, it's the same thing in your situation. How often do you get hit up with a surprise income that you didn't know existed? And I see it happening all the time. I've seen people cash out of IRAs completely unaware that they're taxable or completely unaware that there might be a tax penalty associated with them. Don't make that mistake. Take the time, meet with somebody who's very adept at tax planning. And that's why when we sit down with clients, that's the first thing we do. Because if I can lower your tax bill, I am going to... In essence, increase your income, your net worth without exposing you to any additional risk. Let's start there and then we'll work our other, our other way through. Take your planning to a higher level. And that's really what this is all about. Taking it to a level that you make smart decisions before you start buying products. Great, great story, and uh, appreciate you touching on uh, a UNC grad there, the uh, great Michael Jordan. If we can boast our, our chests out a little bit there. That's uh, that's exciting, and, 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 a, and a positive story. You know, so many of these tax stories get real negative, Dan. It's about people yes. who lose money, or uh, like our um, Jersey Shore example a couple of weeks right. ago. You know, it's it's always like bad news, but uh, this yeah. week we were able to put a positive spin. That's great. And, and obviously, Michael Jordan has access to, to the very best advisors. But you know what? That type of advice is available everywhere. I think sometimes people think that there's only a very select few of advisors who know this stuff. And, you know, they're in, they're in certain cities and they cost thousands of dollars per hour. No, that's not true. Unfortunately, though, too often we get our tax advice from people who aren't necessarily trained to give us real mm. tax advice. Oh, they're great at filing. They'll tell you whatever form you need. I mean, they'll tell you the rules back and forth. But their, their, their practice is not set up before the fact to say to you, all right, you know, I think I've come up with a way that we can save $5,000 in taxes this year. Are you interested in learning that? Too often, I just don't hear that. In fact, I have to make the comment, when was the last time your CPA called you and said, I think I can, I think I can figure out a way to save you $4,000 in taxes? And almost always the answer is, Never. I've never heard that question. Well, especially if you're a small business owner, that's a problem. I have yet to see a small business owner who is taking advantage of every single option available to them. In fact, I had one in my office just this week. We had given him an excellent recommendation. And not surprisingly, his CPA said, you know that, yeah, you could do that. But I'm afraid if you do that, it's going to be a red flag to the IRS. Was it an illegal recommendation? No. Could it be properly documented? Yes. I mean, the IRS knows this. They know that they have this intimidation factor. Let me tell you, Michael Jordan wasn't worried about that. He was doing it the right way. And you can do it the right way, too. These aren't loopholes. This is tried and true tax planning. I often think the reason, like in this case, the CPA came back to my client and told them that was because the CPA was a little embarrassed. Embarrassed that they didn't recommend it. It was a solid recommendation, a recommendation I personally do. If the IRS ever questions what you're doing, as long as you're doing it legally, you send them the documentation. It's a simple process.
Yeah, it is a simple process, but it uh, sometimes requires that expert touch, and tax planning is something that's at the core of the business at Matson and Capril, and something that Dan feels very strongly every plan should have. And if you want to find out more about how you can do better tax planning and not just tax filing, call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Nice opportunity to have a complimentary review of your situation, not only of your investments, but of your tax situation. And Dan can start pointing some of these things out. You can start talking about how you can save money in taxes, not just this year, but looking forward to next year as well. 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326. And that brings us to another fun part of the week. Dan's an avid reader, and we'd like to feature a different book each and every week here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, sometimes dealing directly with financial stuff, other times just books about life. And what's this week's Book of the Week, Dan? Well, we're going uh, <laughs> to stick to this North Carolina theme here, but uh, sadly, we're going to go up the road a little bit. Uh-oh, I we're know where that leads. Durham. Yes, <laughs> yes. And there's a, there's, a, um, there's a school there in Durham that does have a pretty decent basketball tradition, but they also have an equally good academic tradition. And um, at Duke University, one of their professors is a man I admire greatly, a man named Dan Ariely, who's written many books, but my favorite one is, is called Predictably Irrational. One of the things that's happened in academia is that business schools are trying to answer the question, why do investors make a lot of bad decisions? Uh, every year, there's a study that will come out from an organization called Dalbar, which will show what the average investor has done compared to the markets. And usually, the average investor dramatically underperforms the market. And it's largely due to psychological things, things about us are humanists that often lead us to make bad decisions. So Ariely is one of the experts in this field. And what I like about him is he looks at just common day, common everyday occurrences. So if you're ever at the um, at Duke University during basketball season, and, and I, I guarantee, well, the only time Walter would do that is when he's covering the Tar Heels, but <laughs> the students there are notorious for camping out before the game because the seats are offered in a lottery system and in their general admission seats. And one of the great things that Duke does do, and Walter will even have to admit this, is they give the students the very best seats. This is true. But it's yeah, and so it's first come, first serve, though. you got to be there early. So what students will do is they will camp out. So Ariely decided, you know what, I'm going to study the idea of ownership because his theory was that we tend to overvalue what we have almost irrationally. So after the students and these, all these students camped out, some got tickets, some didn't. He went to the ones who didn't get the tickets, and he asked them, how much would you pay to buy a ticket. And on average, they said $170, which just shows you the average student doesn't go to Duke. <laughs> They've got a lot of money. <laughs> you know, if I had $170 for the entire semester, I would have been thrilled. Oh, yeah. um, I used to pay five bucks. Granted, we didn't have the tradition that Duke had, but um, and that was a number of years ago. Then he turned around and he asked the students who got the tickets, what would they be willing to sell their tickets for? And on average, $2,400. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that, right? <laughs> so what you see here now is the ones who have it have perceived the value to be far greater than the ones who didn't get it. He calls this the Ikea effect. Now, Walter, I don't know. Have you? Do you have Ikea um, near where you live, yeah, Walter? The, we have one down in Charlotte, uh, passed by okay. just the other day. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, if you've ever gone there, and, and I, I highly recommend you don't, because while I think their <laughs> furniture is great, everything you buy there requires some effort on your part. And so if you go there, you have to put it all together. Now, Ikea very wisely does this because they know that if you put some sweat equity into something, you're going to value it even more. And that's what Ariely started to see here was that because these students were, were committing so much effort to getting these tickets that when they got them, they viewed them as far worth far more than they probably really were. Um, whereas had they just gone to a normal lottery where they didn't have to camp out and it didn't affect their seating, they really wouldn't have viewed them a whole valued a whole, a whole lot more than what, what they were. Now, why is this relevant? I see this all the time with investors, particularly people who have a lot of the stock of the company they worked for. They have toiled with that company. They've been around it from the, from the beginning. They maybe have worked 30, 40 years, and they retire, and they have a significant amount of money in just one company. Now, logically, they know that's not a good move. But emotionally, they always say to me, oh, that stock's been good to me. Let me tell you something. That stock doesn't know you from Adam. And the very same employees of Enron used to say the very same thing. Now, I'm not suggesting that you know every employer is going to go bankrupt like Enron or is going to be committing crimes like Enron. No. But what I am suggesting is that when you have a significant amount of your wealth in one company, you're exposing yourself to a great deal of volatility. You know logically you shouldn't do that. But emotionally, you want to do that. And Ariely's book, which is called, again, Predictably Irrational, does a great job of explaining that. So the best question of the week, I'm going to send you a free copy of this book. I think you're going to love it. I'd also encourage you to go on YouTube and, um, and see some of Dan Ariely's videos. He spells his last name A-R-E-L-Y, by the way, Dan Ariely. Great first name, by the way. And um, you're going to start to understand that as investors, we need coaching. Because, again, we're not always wired to make the best decisions logically. And that's for when, when people come into our, into our office and become clients, we have a program that we call the Investor Academy. And it's a series of 40 different courses that we take our clients through to educate them not only on the nuts and bolts of personal finance, but also the psychological issues surrounding personal finance. Because as much as I try to be visible to our clients, I know I can't be with you 24-7. And therefore, when you start getting worried, when you start getting scared, I don't want you to make bad decisions. I don't want you to sell after a market crash. In fact, I want you to understand that these things happen. Volatility is normal. I don't want you to be scared to have the amount of money that you need in your retirement if we've already agreed that you can do it, that you can afford to do it. I don't want the fears of your childhood to now affect you 60 years later. And therefore, this is a very valuable thing that we offer all of our clients. So, you know, if something like that sounds of value, if you're not getting that type of instruction and training and coaching ongoing, do yourself a favor. Give us a call. Come on in. See what it's all about. We'll show it to you. And then you're going to be able to go home and decide on your own. Very low-key, very non-threatening, no product sales. This is a great opportunity, really, to not only pick up a free book if you ask the best question this week, but to just reach out. Take advantage of the chance to talk about your financial situation, your current setup, and start putting together that roadmap of how you're going to get from point A to point B in retirement so that you can have more peace of mind with your plan. All you have to do is call 844-QUIZ-DAN for a complimentary review in the office with Dan and his team, 844-784-9326. 
and the best question submitted to quizdan.com. Again, that's quizdan.com. We'll get a copy of that book by Dan Ariely. Predictably Irrational is the name of the book. That's quizdan.com to submit your question, quizdan.com, or call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326 to set up a time to meet for that complimentary review. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number to call. And stay right there. More to come on Solving the Financial Puzzle next. With a constantly changing financial landscape, having a written, customized plan for retirement is more important than ever. In Cincinnati and Dayton, turn to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. Wrapping things up this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril, your local wealth coach. I'm Walter Storholt, but let me tell you some more about Dan. He is the president of Matson and Capril, the author of Retirement Survival and uh, the Retirement Survival Checklist, which you can get your hands on when you come in to meet with Dan. 844-QUIZ-DAN is the number to call. That's 844-784-9326 to set up a time to meet or go online to quizdan.com. Dan, a lot of people make money mistakes, especially as they approach retirement. And every once in a while here on the show, we like to go over some of these mistakes to alert you to them and uh, so that you can put in some tools and some strategies to avoid these mistakes in the future. Obviously, we could probably list out dozens and dozens of mistakes that you've seen throughout yeah, your years of sure. doing this, Dan. But we'll just tackle a couple today as we wrap things up. And the first one is uh, your favorite subject, taxes. And it's when people mm -hmm. ignore the future tax implications of their retirement savings. Big, but also common money mistake. Yeah, and a tragic one at that. When you consider um, it's not unusual for 40% of your um, IRA retirement money, your 401k, your IRA money, whatever, could be lost to taxation. Unnecessarily in many cases, just due to a lack of planning. You know, the worst case scenario is the person who takes the lump sum payment from their pension plan and just says, send me a check. And the first thing that happens is 20% of it is lost. Um, they don't even give it to you. They send it to the IRS because the IRS is concerned you're not going to give them anything. So they force the employer to give you 20%. And you have to pay tax on that 20%, by the way. Um, so I've seen that. I've seen cases where people, they'll use a simple spreadsheet and they'll figure out, well, you know, I can pull this much out of my IRA every year and I'm never going to go broke. And they never factored in the taxes that were due with it. So it's a big, big part. It's your biggest cost. It has to be measured in, along with inflation. They both have to be measured into it. You just can't ignore it. And if you don't know how to do it, you need to get somebody who can show you. Again, this is not a product solution. This is a planning solution. This is the type of thing that gets ignored. And even the attempts where I often see where people do try to analyze it, uh, the assumptions that are used are false. Uh, they use what I call linear assumptions, where they assume they're going to get the same return each and every year. You're not. They assume the tax rates are going to stay the same every year. They won't. Uh, they'll forget other types of taxes that might be affected. Uh, there's, there's a, now we have a Medicare and Medicaid surplus tax that hits certain people at certain levels. Uh, state taxes are often ignored. And man, there's a big difference depending on where you're living. Uh, so you have to take all of this into consideration. Uh, it's, it's a big mistake. And, and, and that's why, you know, I, again, we always want to start with the taxes. Cut those costs. 
you have more money for yourself. And it's not only uh, tax filing, but tax planning, as we underscored earlier. Always very, very important as a base of your financial and uh, retirement plan. Common money mistake number two for today, taking advice from friends and family on how to invest. Have fun talking about it, but don't take it as serious advice probably, what, 99.9% of the time? It's scary, some of the advice I've heard uh, well-meaning family members offer. Um, over the years, I've heard people recommend that, uh, like their brother-in-law will tell them, you should put your money in a rocky currency. No idea where that oh, one came my. from. But, you know, someone ha- some people have that idea. Or, you know, this, this company is really about to take off. Understand, anything you know about any company, it's already factored into the price. News is what drives markets. News is unpredictable. Therefore, markets are unpredictable. This one's kind of emotional. Maybe the last one we have time for today, Dan. It's when you're impatient with your investments. Whenever you're impatient with your investments, I guess you're leaving yourself open to even more mistakes. But that in itself is a mistake. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, any good strategy is going to detail for you the number of years necessary for it to be successful. Um, Every year I like to go out to Northern California and I always, when I land in in San Francisco airport, the first stop I always make is to Muir Woods where they have these beautiful giant redwood trees. And I'm always reminded by the fact that these trees are hundreds and hundreds of years old, that they didn't get there overnight. They took time, that they had years where they probably grew three feet. They had years where they didn't grow at all for whatever the conditions might be. You know, it's not a linear progression. Life is not linear. Yet we want it to be. We really want to see us get 7 8% each and every year. Even though we've been told going in that's not the way it's going to work, that's what we want. And so when we don't get it, we go through a period perhaps like we're in now or last year where markets were a bit volatile, we suddenly start to question, am I doing the right thing? Now, you may not be doing the right thing, but you may be doing the right thing and you just don't know it. I tell everybody that you should know the range of returns you're likely to have statistically in your portfolio. There is a number, and you should understand what that range of returns is, and therefore, when you get a return that's within that range, you shouldn't be shocked. Now, whether that range is appropriate for you or not is another another question, but every portfolio has a range of returns that you're likely to see 95 99% of the time. Statistically, we can do that. And if you're getting help from somebody, at the very least, they need to provide you with that range. And if they tell you, look, that range is between minus 12 and plus 28, and any given year, that's probably where you're going to be, 95% likelihood, and you're at minus 10, well, don't be shocked by it. Understand that if I have a range between minus 12 and plus 28, there's a lot more positive numbers than negative numbers. Again, that's not the way we're wired. We have a survival mechanism in place that hates pain and says whenever you're in pain, do something to alleviate the pain. And losing money in a given year, having a negative return is painful. But we all know that we're not going to have a straight line growth rate every year. There are going to be ups and downs along the way. So what's occurring now? One of those down moments. Take advantage of it. Rebalance your portfolio. That's going to allow you to buy things that are down now. And as they rise up in the future, no guarantee they will. But if you're properly diversified, they probably will. You have the opportunity to make more money. So it's a process. And again, this all gets back to why having good planning is so, so important. You know, we're getting information from our friends that isn't necessarily good information. We're forgetting things like taxes, which means we, we don't even know what we don't know. And we're impatient. 
we need a good coaching mechanism in place. And that's what we offer people. And so I, I you know, I, I like to emphasize to people that we are coaches before we're anything else. We, in fact, we call our office a, a wealth planning and coaching practice because I understand your humanness. I understand what makes you who you are. I'm the same way in many things. And I need someone to coach me in many areas of my life because naturally I want to do the opposite. You know, and I just, I said earlier, I came back from, from working out with the trainer. Well, there's a reason for that because I'm not naturally wired to do the things that I need to do to stay healthy. I need somebody to coach me. I would much rather sit on the couch and eat cheesecake all day. But if I do that, I'm not going to be here to give this show, right? So we need that in place. And it's an honor for me to share that type of approach with people because they don't see it very often. And I love to share that with, with them. So, you know, come in and let, let, let's show you that. Let's show you what coaching is, is all about. And along the way, also help you decide, are you doing the right things for taxes? Are you doing the right things for income planning? Are you really headed in the right direction? And here is the great news. It's a complimentary meeting when you come in for the first time to meet with Dan Capril and his team at Matson and Capril. All you have to do is start the conversation by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN, 784-9326. Great opportunity to get in touch with Dan. Talk to he and his team at Matson and Capril, certified financial planner. 844-QUIZ-DAN, your number to call. That's 844 784 9326. Get that straight talk, that guidance, that advice that you've been seeking in your financial planning, in your retirement planning. You can get it with Dan and the team. 844-QUIZ-DAN, the number to call. That's 844-784-9326. And when you come in for a complimentary review, you'll get a copy of Dan's book, Retirement Survival, and he'll give you the accompanying retirement survival checklist to go along with that. That's 844-QUIZ-DAN, the number to call, 844-784-9326. Dan, we're out of time for this week. Another fun show. Thanks so much for your help, and we'll talk again next week. Looking forward to it, Walter. Take care, and thank you for tuning into the show today. We appreciate it. As always, the number to call is 844-QUIZ-DAN or quizdan.com. We'll talk to you on the next Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of MPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.